And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. And we continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope. And we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX-11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX-10 now on sale and get RX-11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Spencer Parker. Shayna. And is there anyone else in the room? Just a couple cats. Oh, cats. Cool. How y'all doing? Good. We uh, just came up back from LA yesterday did a, a one day's stint live concert live music concert where is that the smell oh the smell yeah what a wonderful place it is yeah um real quick can you identify your voices yes I'm Parker uh, I'm Spencer and I'm Shana all right cool everyone remember that um, so you just got back from LA. Where are you now? We're in Oakland, California. Oh, do y'all live there? Yep. We all live here. Mm -hmm. are, you, are you from there? We're scattered. I, I grew up in Colorado. Mm. I grew up in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Across the Bay. All right. I in Indiana. Oh, how is the, uh, Bay area these days? I used to live in Pleasanton. And San Francisco for a little bit, but I haven't been back for years. How's it going over there? It's a, it's good. It's expensive. Uh, yeah. You know, fun and thriving. And the music scene is well and alive. Yeah, we we started in San Francisco, and during the pandemic, we all migrated over the pond to Oakland. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just yeah, getting a little too too fancy in San Francisco too. Yeah in the hard to maintain the, the art world so moved our base out over here cool so how did you um how did you all find each other i ask 
for a specific reason, and that is, it seems like Juice Bumps is a little more specific. Your delivery is a little more specific than a lot of bands, and I, I feel like you have to be a little more like-minded to be in a band like Juice Bumps, rather than, you know, just a, this is an extreme example, just a dumb rock band, and like, hey, yeah, let's just go play those tunes. Juice Bumps is not like that. So how'd you, how'd you uh, find each other? Uh, there have been a few different amalgamations of Juice Bumps, and it started with a, a Craigslist room that I found and moved into a spot in San Francisco and met a, a guy, uh, Luca, mm -hmm. and we, we, we got something brewing, added a, this 17-year-old kid at the time, Narce, on drums, mm -hmm. and yeah, we, we all had similar sense of the humor and interest in the rock and roll music and then uh yeah luca split off and started a band wonderful wonderful mm -hmm. who are great and narce split off and joined destroy boys who oh, are wow. the world yeah they're, yeah they're just born with blink 182 and mm -hmm. then uh spencer recorded us early on and we we knew that we had found a a kin kindred spirit uh yeah i like the sound and um Narce had quit the band, so there's a drum opening, and I was itching to play drums. So I and I knew the songs at that point, so you know, right? So I did some touring on drums. All right, great. I'm and a drummer, I, and real quick, I just want to ask you do you play open handed? Open hand, no, but um, our current drummer does. I switched over to synthesizers. Okay, I watched a lot of live shows, and I was like, oh, open handing drums, yeah, yeah, he's a left handed drummer, but yeah. You can't really be a left-handed drummer with a left-handed drum kit in the drum world when you're backlining. Uh, sorry, I may have interrupted you, Shana. Yeah, well, so I joined the band more recently, about two years ago. Um, so, yeah, basically, it was like during the pandemic, and I started dating Parker, and I have a background in classical music. I'm a oh. classical pianist. And he basically recruited me for Juice Bumps. And I picked up bass and learned the songs. And here I, I am playing picked bass. Picked up the classically trained musician. Nice move. <laughs> what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your background in music training or playing or learning? Um, ever since I could, I started playing um, guitar in bands in like high school. And I did my middle school talent show. And, you know, learned via YouTube and just learning songs. I'm not classically trained in the least bit, but yeah. I understand chords and <laughs> and timing. I teach music, so that okay. helps. Uh, and I uh, took some, you know, classical guitar lessons in eighth grade and then found a bunch of weirdos in that class who asked me to sing in their band. And I had no uh, rock and roll experience up until then. And then I just kind of, taught myself through tabs and mm -hmm. meeting other freakers yeah. around wherever I was. And uh, yeah, I found myself in San Francisco 10 years ago and itching to start something up. Right. Well, um, I want to say congratulations on this new record. We're here to talk about Jumbo, which is a really fun record. And um it's a, an angular, zany at times collection of tunes. So you, you touch on No Wave, I would say, and New Wave, but it got me thinking about the difference between American New Wave and British New Wave. 
and you're closer to that American new wave, which I prefer than that giant sounding radio friendly early Duran Duran new wave stuff. But I'm sure you get all the the Devo comparisons, but I hear a little, I was a real heavy Oingo Boingo guy. And that really truly was what I first first thought of. Um, But that's all ultimately very, very danceable. It's irresistibly danceable. And I noticed that scouring the internet and seeing your shows, everyone's dancing at your shows. That's great. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thanks. When I when I first was making music, I was doing kind of sleepier songs like in Colorado and mm-hmm. uh, it was the crowd was just falling asleep, you know, but yeah. I could tell they were like, you know, the music wasn't bad, but it just wasn't moving the people. So starting this band, that was one of the the main goals was to like make people move around and uh and now they're they're mosh and they're they are so yeah yeah, a nice contrast and this is your second record i and i want to mention this is out on um october 13th on rocks in your head records the president of that company is sunny smith yes yeah Sonny's a good man and your previous record hello pinky was equally as exciting but there's a a little bit of a a difference and i can't really put my finger on it with the with jumbo i think it's probably production but how do you feel like this is different than hello pinky yeah i feel like with hello pinky there was, there was a lot of like songs that parker had had for years and years and years and we kind of like bandified them a little bit and then there were some songs that like i had kind of put together for that album but this new one is much more we were like sending each other demos and parts of songs and really workshopping demos together. Like our yeah. drummer came up with like a bass line and drum idea. Then I would like come up with a guitar part and then Parker would put vocals on it or like Shana and Parker would workshop an entire song and then maybe one or two cooks, you know, making a song and we send each other demos. And so it's much more collaborative of a process, I think, for this one. Right. I think makes us all a little more like, um, you know, like proud of it. And, yeah. Like, You're all involved. Yeah. More yeah. So this- Your songs, I mean, especially on, on Jumbo, the instrumental part, the music non-vocal part has a lot of structure and it's kind of a, a more defined, but your lyrics seem to be open to interpretation a lot of times and a little bit more vague than say your music. Um, Except for Licking Lady, which is a very specific story, which made me, oh my God, what a funny story that is. That's insane. Um, I can't wait for people to hear that song. But is that sort of your intention to guide the listener or let the listener interpret your music? I think leaving it up to interpretation just gives the listener a lot more freedom and lets them identify identify with the song a little easier um and it also in a certain way it's like wearing a mask you know we don't have to be too like open diary we can kind of cover a concept or like an experience without just being super on the nose and i, I kind of like that freedom right and you kind of want to lean into um into like catchphrases right with this sure yeah something that might just stick in your head like a commercial rather than like a plot of a tv show or something just real quick little little zaps yeah and i i know i mentioned uh zappa earlier 
but there's something else that I kind of picked up about you. In my experience, bands that kind of deliver something as specific as you do are very serious about it and, and focused, unlike, you know, as a similar comparison to just like a just whatever rock band. They don't really, they're not, they don't have to be as effortful as you do. But what you're delivering is like the funnest thing ever. The music and the lyrics and the live shows, I keep saying. Uh, you may cringe in this question, but I, the only way to ask is you seem to be serious about making things fun is that kind of your goal um yeah yeah try to make it fun for the audience i don't know i know personally like when i go to a live show like i want to have fun like i want to be smiling and dancing around and kind of forget about problems and stuff that's what i personally like to pay money for right (laughs) and it takes a lot of work to do all we, like every show we try to dress up differently to make it more of like a exciting thing like oh what are they gonna do this time and, and it's it's a lot of fun but it is a lot of work to like every show we're like all right what's the look gonna be like do we spend money on this or right. what, what do we have around and all the songs are very specific like we can't really improvise a lot right. it's, very, yeah. it's very set in stone what the lines are because we demo the the heck out of them yeah make sure that every single bass note like right where it should be or um you know the 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 samples aren't too cluttered or uh, yeah there's a lot of intention yeah that's kind of what i'm getting at it's like i i know how much work it takes to do what you guys do and it, it shines through but again it's fun that's the that's the goal yeah and personally i have this kind of fear of being bored i really don't want to be bored and yeah gets project onto the band in a way where every show has to be very unique, unexpected. So the audience isn't yawning. I think, yeah, it kind of drives us a little crazy with that effort, but it, it's worth it in the long run just to keep people entertained, you know, entertainment. That's what the industry we're in, right? That's, That's right. We're entertainers. Also, it keeps us like excited about shows. If we're all doing the same thing every night, then yeah. It's like, oh, remember that one show where we were like in swim outfits? Like, oh yeah, I remember that yeah. show. You know, that one show where we were babies. Like, it helps us <laughs> kind of categorize it, and uh, it makes it exciting. You know, when we all go up on stage looking like idiots, it yeah, makes, makes us cool. <laughs> Can you throw one more out? Because you were on a roll there. That one show when we were babies. Oh, we, that one show when one we show where we were mimes. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, the the Coca Cola mascot Cokey. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, we did one where yeah. we wore bald caps and then put wigs on top of our bald caps and uh eventually the bald the, the wigs would go flying and then the reveal you know that's great <laughs> well i want to play wiggler your current single is that cool with you yeah please all right Let's. oh i want you to look at all of those wiggles <laughs>
great tune accompanied with a great video, which I want to talk about in a little bit. But um, first, you touched on sort of how you got this record together and how you shared music and it seemed to be more collective. And I understand that you have a studio, is that right? In Oakland? Yeah, uh, I got a studio in my backyard, little two room uh-huh. unit uh, where we can record a little bit and we would do mostly rehearsals back there, but we went down to LA to our friend, um, Spencer Hartling's studio called Wiggle World to record the album actually. But we were doing a lot of demoing at my house. Yeah. So you, you demoed at your house and then went down to LA and kind of finished, finished it up. Yeah. And kind of just like went down very, very clear vision of what we were doing. So we were able to record all what, 12 songs or something like in a week. Five days. Was, Five days. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it, was, it was a lot, uh, but luckily we were ready. <laughs> yeah. Do you share all instrument duties? Do you pass it around? Only recently. Yeah, for um, Edging in Heaven, that's the the one song where we do a bit of rotating. Um, uh-huh. I go to synth and Spencer plays drums and Kyle plays bass. Nice day in guitar. You stay in guitar. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, for the for the album, we did a lot of, like, Parker would program a drum beat into the song, or, like, I would come up with a guitar part, or, yeah, Kyle would come up with a bass line. I don't know, like, in the album, we kind of switched around a little bit more than we do live. Yeah, the writing. Live, we don't really want to be jumping around and all, right. all this. Was this the first time you were as rehearsed as you were when you were recording? I've done both versions where it had been, like, not rehearsed at all and writing the songs in the studio and also like super tight, if you will, and then went and recorded. I think uh, we've been rehearsed for both of our albums because we are, we've gone to, we went to Tiny Telephone previously and uh-huh. worked with Spencer Hartling and we knew that, oh, this, this costs money and yeah. we don't have a lot of that. So let's make it worth our while and yeah, just rehearse the hell out of the songs so we can go in and nail them. And we always book way too little time in the studio where it's just like balls to the walls, the time's counting down. Are we going to get it done? And we've managed to. Yeah. But it's, it's no walk in the park. Yeah. But I mean, for our last record, Hello Pinky, we we got our friend Nick Lane to come in and do drums for it because I had been doing the drums, but I had also been arranging the synth stuff. And I was feeling like, self-conscious by the drums and, and our friend nick lane is like a he was doing drum corps like lead drum corps so he's like a really really good drummer yeah so he had i just sent him videos of all the parts that i was playing and back in colorado he learned them all and flew out and we rehearsed like one night before the recording sessions and, mm-hmm. and yeah he nailed it <laughs> the other thing i like about in this record is well it's both live and the record but I haven't heard the use of audio samples in a long time, and I really love that texture. I You helped me re- realize that I really love that texture. And it's so good live. You have got some funny tricks live. I think a laugh track here and there. I don't want to give too much away. Um, but where where does that come from for you? Like for me, it was more like punk bands being political and playing news clips, you know? Mm. It was always serious but I always yeah. like the texture. Yeah. Personally, I, I always loved like less punk, but just more kind of zany 
rock music with samples. One that comes to mind is Sublime's Smoke Two Joints. It's like mm-hmm. they all smoked marijuana cigarettes. I remember hearing that when I was eight years old and thinking like, whoa, what's these this old voice on the radio like mixed yeah. with rock and roll? So yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of becomes this cartoonish combination. And another artist that I love their samples are is uh, Hideki Naganuma who did the soundtrack to Jet Set Radio Future, the rollerblading video game. Oh, God. It's insane. <laughs> His samples just, like, fly at you like like pigeons back in the road. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're really well done. So that's I like that. i got to check that out. Yeah. Um, well, I want to get back to the video and a little bit of the visual aspect of Juice Bumps. My big question is, when you're delivering a Juice Bumps record or a song or writing it, how close is the visual to the music? I think some songs are a little more think about the visuals whilst writing it. Mm-hmm. I know with Wiggler, when I was writing it, I was really imagining, yeah, like the the parasite worm thing. Yeah. And, and I know Parker writing the lyrics was kind of imagining this whole story of it. So that was a little more... Yeah, visual but some of them would kind of just feel like nonsensical and up to interpretation mm-hmm. and it's not like we're all the outfits we're doing are correlating to like a specific song or like you know, jumbo has a hammer on the front we're not going to dress up as hammers for the for the release i thought we were oh sorry <sighs> yeah but some, some of them i think it's a little more thought out Again, your visual aesthetic, your website, you have a funny juice box commercial. Sure do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I recommend everyone go to the website. The website is amazing. There's all kinds of stuff there. Um, your visual dynamic is so strong. Um, what are your visual influences? Well, Spencer and I both do the, the graphic design work and a lot of illustration stuff. So I think we are inundated by that world. Um, and they're always, in my mind, at least when we're writing or playing a song, there's always a little movie kind of playing in the back of my head of like, oh yeah, this is what that looks like. And uh, yeah, so the influences, I don't know, like a lot of 90s cartoons. Yeah, 90s cartoons, a lot of like B-horror. Mm-hmm. We were during over... Uh, over the uh, lockdown we were all watch, watching horror movies together via Zoom and there's a lot of old cheesy effects that kind of inspire and old corny sci-fi and pink blood pink blood mm-hmm. did you make the Wiggler video? yeah Oh, our friend like made it happen but yeah we all kind of chipped in and wrote the storyboard and did it collaboratively yeah right all right well i also encourage people to go see watch that video it's wonderful it's funny very funny um you have any plans to tour this year we uh we, we spent all our tour bucks earlier you did we uh, just got back from a european tour um uh-huh. back in july uh-huh. it was like a three-week tour right yeah, it was intense. Why was it intense? Uh, 
I got my passport stolen. Oh my goodness. And I had to figure that out. But that was the main thing. We rented a car and we um, drove it around yeah. a few countries. And it was an Audi, um, <laughs> not our choice. Yeah. Everyone it, made fun of us. They kind of scammed us into getting the Audi. Right. When so you like, wanted oh, like a- car you reserved? Like here, we only have this Audi. Pay an extra thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, so imagine pulling up to this like anarchist skate punk squat in a brand new Audi A6 with all of like the punks just laughing and pointing at us. It was, yeah. it was kind of a, an eye opening and wonderful experience. Yeah, someone advised us that we should make a sign that says, "This is a band rental. Don't break the windows or tag on it." Yeah, <laughs> you should have just pulled up, honked the horn, and like always had champagne in your. Yeah. And when you got, or hand them the bottle of champagne and tell them the equipment's in the back. Yeah, we, we put away the champagne when we rolled up. <laughs> but yeah, no plans to tour at the moment. I think ideally we would have gone to Europe after the album came out. It just didn't quite line up. Yeah. So we're just trying to make this release as jumbo as we can, if you will, and yes. uh, see see where it goes and maybe put something together in the new year okay west coast is always fairly safe to drive on in the winter just sure, recommendation because yes. i want to see you and i live in uh, seattle so if you came up here it'd probably it's only yeah. a couple passes that as, are difficult yeah as long as we can avoid the snow i, I toured in the winter with a different band yeah we did colorado and stuff and snow was romantic at first but no after a day or two it's not as fun it's fucking scary yeah <laughs> But if you guys have like, he sounds like you guys always drive in fancy cars. So I'm <laughs> assuming you'll have like an electric Hummer or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stretch limo. Stretch you know, limo. Four wheel drive. All right. Well, I hope to see you sometime. And congrats again on the record. It's out October 13th. And um, when you do travel, travel safe out there. Hey, thank you. Hey, will do. And good luck. Play some shows as soon as you can. Sure. All right. Take it easy. Thanks. You too. You too. Bye-bye. I'm looking out into the darkness and I see a dirty victory face just looking back at me It's telling me I won't remember